Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Merry Christmas and congratulations on this glorious feast. It is truly a beautiful day, and what amazes me most about the feast of Christmas is how insignificant the event was, how it meant nothing really at the time. There was no moment in human history that was quite like this, in which the eternal God entered into our world. Nothing like this had ever happened before. Nothing like this will ever happen again. A child was born unto us, um, that if you looked at his face, at the face of this child, you would see the face of the eternal God. That's a huge thing we can't really comprehend, but that's what happened at this time in Christmas 2,000 years ago. And something that's so amazing It's incredible that it was achieved in such a meaningless way. The mother of Jesus was a nobody. She was a virgin in the temple um, who was given to an older man who was also a nobody. Unimportant people from a very unimportant place called Nazareth. In fact, if you go throughout all the Gospels, the one charge that they keep levelling against Jesus saying, you can't be the Messiah, is because... Can the Messiah come from a disgusting place like Nazareth? It was a very low-class place, and that's where he came from. And everyone said, well, how can this guy be the Christ if he came from that horrible place, Nazareth? So everything about this God, everything about this event was insignificant. He was born in a very dirty place with no money and with no glory. Interestingly enough, the world around him at that time was going through one of the most momentous changes in human history. The Empire of Rome, which was the greatest, uh, longest-lived empire ever to exist, was really coming into its own. It was at the peak of its powers. It had been united under Augustus Caesar, who's the one who called the census. Um, And the empire that he built lasted for about 1,500 years in one way or another. This was significant. He had just finished a war with Mark Antony and Cleopatra. He'd taken the title of Augustus, supreme leader. He'd ruled over Palestine. He was establishing commerce. He was establishing roads. Um, And this was a significant event. He was a significant person. He was the nephew of the great Julius Caesar. He was heir to the throne which Caesar had left empty after he was murdered and he fought many wars to finally ascend to that throne. So Octavius Caesar should be the most famous name to come from that time period. But I dare say most of us don't really even know who he is. Most of us didn't know the story that I just said and he is insignificant to us. Instead, the most universally known name in the history of the world is the name of that child born in a dirty manger, the name of Jesus Christ. And perhaps this is one of the most significant or one of the greatest messages of Christianity we have is how glorious is the insignificant. Through this example, 
of being born in this insignificant way, God has shown us that the way to eternal glory is through the simplest and the most insignificant lives. God doesn't want you to fight battles, to be well known, to achieve greatness. He wants you to glorify Him in the simplicity of your life. In that simplicity, what happened? A meaningless event in Bethlehem, what happened? Angels came down, multitudes of heavenly hosts came down to witness this insignificant event. Wise men came with their gifts and presented treasures to this insignificant person. And all of us, through leading an insignificant and a simple life, have the chance to witness heavenly glory. And what is the proof that God works in these small insignificant things? The reality is it's the insignificant things in life that are the most powerful. Think about an example. If I'm in the street and I turn my eye away from something lustful or something on TV and I turn my eye away and maintain my purity and maintain control over myself, how insignificant is that event? Who knows it? Who's seen it? No one knows it. The only person that knows it is God who is watching you. The presidents of the United States, the most powerful people in the world, as we have discovered in the last few years, were often complete slaves to their lust. The most powerful people in the world had no control even over their own body. And yet the insignificant event of turning my eye away from a lustful thing and maintaining my control and my dignity and my purity is the most powerful thing. Because the most powerful people couldn't do that. Another example, how insignificant is it for me to apologise to my spouse or to a family member even when I'm wronged? It's a nothing event. It happens. I apologise to the person. I let go of my pride and I apologise. And how much glory exists in the house when such unity and peace is there in self-submission and self-sacrifice of my pride and my opinion. But how many powerful, famous people cannot even tolerate the slightest injury to their pride? If you say anything against them, they fly up in a rage. The most powerful people don't have the power that an insignificant Christian has in, in mastery over their own body and over their own pride. How insignificant is it for me to think of someone lonely on this night, on a feast night, and to reach out to them and to invite them to feast with me? How meaningless it is. Who's going to know about it? Doesn't have, no one's going to write about it. But through this meaningless act, the whole world of a person is completely changed. How insignificant is it for me to stand each night with my children and open the Bible and teach them how to pray? How many lives are saved and healed and comforted just through the insignificant process of teaching my children about life and eternity? How many generations onward will discover God through that simple act. How insignificant is it for me to rise from my bed of an evening to enter into my secret room to lift up my heart to the God of heaven? There is not another soul in the world that knows it. And it seems incredibly silly to most people, 
But in that insignificant act, we are able to behold eternity. And the person who obtains the treasure from that insignificant act, if you offered him the whole world, or them the whole world, they would refuse it, never to sacrifice one moment of that treasure. So perhaps this can be the year that we glory in the insignificant. I think if we all search within our hearts and we learn to cut off the desire to be significant and important, we cut off our desire to try and change the world, to try and aspire for greatness. But if we are like baby Jesus, completely insignificant and unimportant in that moment that he was born. And in the most meaningless things, God is found, not in profound great things, wisdom, intelligence, all of these things. God is never found in any of those things. He is found in the most simple, humble things that we do on a day-to-day life. So in the mundane way that we live our lives, discover the eternal glory of God in it. Invite, if you, for example, going for a walk in the morning. It's a simple, mundane act. But in that moment, if you invite someone to come with you, someone lonely, or you choose in that moment, not to waste time listening to some podcast or audiobook, but to spend that time with God, to contemplate, to glory in the wonder of His creation. That simple mundane walk takes you to the gates of heaven. In the mundane existence of raising children, how many small opportunities can we discover God? When I'm waiting for them at soccer training or sports training, why do I use that time to scroll for an hour and then claim I don't have any time to spend with God. You had one hour that was given to you to spend time with God, to open your Bible, to contemplate, to be with Him, to call someone who needs help. And in the mundane fights that we have with our spouse, why are we not using, or our family members, why are we not using them as an opportunity to learn humility and self-sacrifice? So I think for this year, maybe we can never ignore or denigrate the simple things in life. God is found in every single one of them. All of the greatest saints on earth experienced God not through great events, not through miracles and all of these things. They experienced and they lived with God through the very simplest mundane acts of their daily life. And let's emulate their example and learn from the glory of this moment, the glory of this day in which Christ was born in a manger, the eternal Father, the eternal God was born in a manger to insignificant parents in a very insignificant way. But how wonderful and life-changing that was for all of the world. And glory be to God forever. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.